step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Propaganda 
lies, misinformation, and they lived in a time when they controlled a lot of the messaging, and it worked. You know, generation after generation of people bought into the notion, the reefer madness notion that the plant, uh, the cannabis uh, that once was part of everybody's medicine bag, that was once part of the pharmacopoeia, that every doctor knew not only what it was, but how to use it, how to extract it, how to prescribe it, how to administer it in a number of different ways for a number of different reasons. Over the course of a couple of generations, it became a scourge. It became a stigma. It became something that people feared again. And, uh, you know, here we are. We live in the age of Aquarius. We live in the information age where you can't hold this stuff back anymore. You can't smear, smear lies for too long because the truth will come out. The truth is light. The truth is the one thing that is what it is. The sun's going to come up in the east and go down in the west, or actually the world's going to spin. But it's going to appear that way. The sky is going to appear blue because of the way that the sunlight hits the hits the water. You know, all of these things are truths. Um, the cannabis plant is a plant. It's nothing more, nothing less. But it's an amazing plant. It's a plant that not only can help and heal so many things, but number one, the most important thing is, is it cannot hurt you. And why? Why are so many people so afraid of something that never hurt anybody? Never once. They don't have a single bit of evidence that this plant ever hurt anybody. And yet the campaign rages on. So today we have a very, very big show. Um, that's my mini tirade. And I'm going to have another one before the second uh, half of the show where we're going to talk about some other things. But uh, this is 2017 in America right now. We're about to uh, inaugurate a new president who's very different from the old president, and it looks like we're going to have an attorney general appointed that's not our friend. Um, I don't know how many of you have been listening to my message for the last six or eight years, but as everybody's singing their songs of freedom and victory, I keep saying, it's not over yet, folks. The feds never changed the law. The feds never changed anything, okay? And here we are. We're about to enter... Um, a new regime with potentially a tyrant uh, in the head law enforcement officer's place who is not our friend. Um, and that's a federal angle where we talk about federal uh, cases a lot. Uh, we have a number of federal prisoners that we support, and anytime somebody stands up for their rights in a federal case, we're right there with them. Today we have a couple of state cases. Um, that we're going to be dealing with. And uh, the first one is uh, Shauna Banda's case out of Garden City, Kansas. Um, Shauna has been, uh, we've been covering her story, hell, literally since the day she got raided. Um, and, um, you know, I've come to be uh, friends with Shauna, and um, it's it's a heartbreak to watch, uh, watch this play out and watch the, the toll that it takes on a person who doesn't have uh, reserves of health to fight this battle. You know, my case went on six years to have the strength and, the, you know, whatever, the pig-headedness enough to fight it, and I wasn't battling a life-debilitating disease at the same time. So I know what stress it was like with a fairly together body and, and 
I couldn't imagine what it would be like to fight uh, while you were fighting for your own health at the same time. Also, I didn't have kids under 18. My kids were already grown up. So um, we're, we're dealing with a multi-pronged battle, child custody and um, criminal charges and, and in a in a backwards place like Garden City, Kansas. And Shauna's with us. She's going to be our first guest today. Uh, we also have Stacey Swanson-Kratz. Um, She's a real pain in the ass. No, <laughs> anyways, um, we love Stacy, and Stacy has been uh, one of Shauna's biggest advocates through this whole thing. And Stacy and I became friends when I went out to uh, uh, Wichita for Kyler Carricker's case, and uh, we've been inseparable since. Um, we're going to find out about what's going on in Stacy's world and, and the, the Heartland Midwest chapter. Um, What's going on out there? Then we got Chris Lewandowski. Uh, case Chris is in California right now, but his case is in Oklahoma, uh, an equally as backwards place. And uh, uh, Chris is a, a decorated Marine and um, ridiculous case. Another ridiculous case. He, these are these are two cases that have a lot in common. Uh, what's in common is that it's a, essentially a medical necessity. The reason that they use this plant where nothing else seems to work. Nothing else worked anywhere near as good, for goddamn sake. And both of them are facing heavy criminal uh, penalties as a result. So I'm not going to blather on too much. I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, Shauna and Stacy. They're both on the same line. And here we go. Shauna and Stacy, you are live on the air. Welcome to A Cup of Joe. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, Good to hear from you. My offer always stands, and, uh, you know, I we, we haven't talked much in a while, and I'm sure you're going to bring us all up to speed with what's been going on. Um, but uh, our support has never, never dwindled. Um, anybody who is facing uh, the horrors that you're facing uh, has always got the support of the Human Solution and this show and uh, everybody that I'm connected to, so... Um, why don't you just bring us up to speed? I know you um, uh, don't have a lot of strength, and so I don't want to push you too hard, but I, I do want to find out what's what's been happening and, uh, and of course, what, what can uh, the human solution do to help? Well, um, I've been sick. I got real sick and, uh, and almost, I almost died. Um, ended up having surgery at the end of October, and uh, I've been having a very hard time healing uh, since. The incision actually took a lot longer to heal than um, than what was expected, so it's just been a very slow recovery from it, but a recovery for sure. And, so what, what uh, and happened just, with the surgery? I mean, I know you suffer from Crohn's and a lot of complications that have come from that. They've operated on you a number of times already, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, I went in um, complaining of uh, what I thought was scar tissue. And, I mean, I was about to pass out just standing still. Um and it was very hard for me to even function, which, you know, took me to the hospital to begin with. And they couldn't see the surgery, and or they couldn't see the uh, scar tissue. And so the surgery just took a lot longer to actually get 
um, to try to convince them of what was actually wrong with me. Trying to tell a doctor your symptoms and then a doctor tell you that, oh, that's impossible for you to feel, it's impossible for you, you know, is the reason why I, you know, had chosen cannabis in the first place and didn't need to return back but because uh, the state intervened in my life and took my medicine that put me on a rocky road, and um, I teetered on health the entire time uh, before going into the surgery. So uh, I'm hoping now that the scar tissue is removed, that I can go forward with this with as less stress as possible, Um and and finish it, and all I've got to do is stay alive, right? That's it. Well, that's certainly that's- a good place to start. <laughs> I <laughs> I have never seen anybody win a battle from uh, the other side. I you know I mean maybe they already won, they graduated, but but on this side, um, nobody on that side could do much. So yeah, we need you on this side. We we you're, you you are clearly called. Uh, uh, to take on something that is apparently, um, you know, something that healthy people can't seem to take on. <laughs> so they, you, you are the chosen one for this particular battle. And, um, you know, I, I firmly believe that you don't ever get given something that you can't handle, um, even though it's likely not going to be easy. I mean, you know, I, I, all I have to compare is what I went through and, you know, six years of, of, being beat up and thrown in and out of jail and, and, you know, losing everything I had, but I never lost my health through it. I mean, I got sick when I was in jail, but I never, you know, it it was never uh, a life-threatening situation, and I always summoned up the strength to to, to fight, but I I understand on top of, um, you know, what you're already dealing with, I, I know what the drain of having a government oppressing you is like um and and that's something that is an indescribable you you can't unless you've been through it um it's 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 not something that you can really describe except for maybe the feeling of somebody you know putting blankets over your mouth and telling you just go ahead and breathe you know while they're sticking you in the back with a couple of knives um and that's that's probably a very rough uh, <laughs> uh analogy so um, you've been going through a huge rocky road with your legal battle too. So, um, for the people that have not, you know, been following along, and unfortunately, Shauna, and I, I, I just it kills me that this is the way it is. But um, the people in the world today have a very short attention span, and unless you know you are interesting on a minute-to-minute basis, people will lose connection from time to time or completely forget about you. And, you know, in my case, I watched, you know, supporters come and go and sometimes come back and be amazed that I was still fighting. You know, it's like, oh, you're still doing that thing? Yeah, I'm still doing that thing. And and so, you know, um, when this case first started, we were doing a, a different radio show, but uh, we were covering, you know, this story as it was as it was coming along. And um, we had a lot of people that were, you know, initially very supportive. And then, of course, uh, you know, time goes by and, of course, um, you know, controversies come up because of whatever. 
and people lose interest or they change their mind or they get busy or they have their own things going on. So what I want to do is sort of do a really quick walkthrough of your case for those people who don't know much about it, and this will bring them up to speed right now. So let's let's go back real quickly to, um, geez, what was it? It was two two and a half years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, March of 2015, yeah. and um, my my son was in class during a gateway drug education presentation and um, corrected the officer when he, you know, called it marijuana. He said, no, my mom calls it cannabis. And that was enough to take him out of the room to find out what more he knew. So uh, that led to officers at my doorstep and me filming the officers uh, surrounding my house. And um, that was interesting, to say the least. The uh, what the funnest part of that video is printing out the Bill of Rights and then starting to check them off as you watch it. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, when when that was going through, when that was happening, uh, you certainly kept your wits about you. I know um, after it was all over, you know, it all crashes in on you, but. You you did a great job of uh, you know documenting uh, you know the situation. I wasn't so fortunate when they raided me. I I was in handcuffs in seconds, so they didn't. Uh, I wasn't able to do much of anything but watch it all happen. Yeah, yeah. I was very fortunate, and I was fortunate enough to be an activist before this to know exactly what to do, and. Um, you know, every time I saw them screw up, I'm like, what was your name? And I'd have them repeat their name. So, uh, it was just, you know, thank you so much, sir. <laughs> right, exactly. But, um, you know, they it was heinous what they did. They kidnapped my child, took him to a different town, put me and my family through absolute hell. And, um, you know, good news. Uh, Jennifer Ani from California came in and was able to win my sink case, the child in need of care case. And then after that, I had a divorce of which I fought pro se, which means I uh, represented myself in court during my divorce. And um, I was able to get 50% custody of my son uh, with felony charges over my head. And, you know, I'm still, I was fighting for sole custody, so I'm a little butthurt. But I'm uh, really pleased with 50%, you know. Oh, yeah. So, long story short, we're winning, and uh, I just have gotten new attorneys on board onto the criminal case, got a Kansas attorney named uh, Kenneth Miller and uh, Mr. Mr. Michael Minardi from Florida, who has success in um, several... Uh, cases of acquittal in Florida, which is also a non-medical state. So well, things no. are really looking up, and um, we're just needing well, Michael's to... Michael's supposed to be joining the show a little bit later today. Uh, he's also representing uh, Chris Lewandowski in his case. So um, Michael is uh, becoming quickly a, a superhero in our team because, you know, let's talk about the medical necessity defense for a second. We're going to get more into it when he comes on the line but um you know this is this is a tool that 
is available to certain people um, even in the absence of any law that allows this plant to be, uh, or any substance for that matter, to be legal, um, it basically says that um, there isn't anything else that works for your medical condition in the way that this does. And it basically um, it allows something illegal to be legal. Um, and if it's argued successfully, meaning it has to get brought into court, um, it's not something that, you know, is, is a guarantee that the court's even going to allow the defense, but they they could, and if they do, uh, the jury can hear that presented. And it typically means a doctor has to come and testify, but the lawyer has to be able to present it to the court in such a way that uh, it becomes a potential jury instruction that, that's allowed in. And Michael uh, has now twice, as far as I know, successfully argued um, a medical necessity in a state that had no protection at the time. Yeah, it's amazing is we're going to take it one step further and still go for biological necessity in my case. Um, being able to talk about the endocannabinoid system within the human body and all mammals on the planet for that matter. And the implications of that will be far-reaching. Oh, absolutely. Okay, is it my turn? Well, okay, so so um, <laughs> you've been through a huge, um, you know, nightmare with your legal team, and you went from having a, a paid attorney to a public defender who basically was not being a a good not representing you effectively and how 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 have you come to where you're at now um just by the grace of god and the support of the people um being stuck with a public defender uh even though they're great attorneys uh they're overloaded and they don't have time and they've got so many cases and they're not able to work on a case as they should and I do believe that the public is recognizing that and saying you know we want to give you a fair shot and you know let's let's try to do this again so um it's been it's been phenomenal I've been to be very honest I've been so very sick and this has just all come up around me and uh and I truly am blessed. Uh I'm willing to fight and and go you know the long haul as long as the public is is willing to continue to support me and um I'm not giving up. So Well, that's that's, uh, that's really important and I I you know, I talk to a lot of defendants all across the country. Um you know, people think that Oh well, California's you know got got a recreational law. We've got a medical law. There's more cases come out of California than any other state I know. Um, but it's probably because I live here, and I you know more people know that I'm here to help. But uh, every state that has passed their laws, there's no no state that has uh, successfully stopped prosecuting people for cannabis. Um, but some states are certainly more. Um, 
hostile than others and and you know Kansas is notoriously one of the worst places on earth to be uh stuck with a with a cannabis case and Oklahoma it's not much better um one of the things that I tell the defendants that I work with and it's just really important is that your voice is out there on a fairly regular basis because you know people will not know if they don't hear from you for a while they're not going to assume that you're sick and can't talk. They're not going to assume that, um, you know, everything's still the way it is. They just assume they didn't hear anything, so maybe it's over. They don't, you know, they don't They don't know unless unless you, you know, can keep bringing it, um, you know, finding some tidbit to share. And you, you've done a really good job. You've put out a number of videos um, and on, on a regular basis, and, you know, I've seen your face out there probably – uh, almost as much as mine was before my trial, um, but but it's what you have to do. You know, you look in the eye and and you do these interviews and you talk to people and you you let them see the humanity. You let them see what's actually happening. This isn't a uh, a dog and pony show. It's a person's life. It's a family at stake. It's it's all the people that that family could be. It could be anybody like you. You know, Kansas has got hundreds of people that are going through uh, horror stories like yours, without maybe all the health problems, and plenty of them with. We have so many people I know that are dealing with, um, you know, um, debilitating ailments from seizures to Crohn's and everything in between. Um, and they're dealing with either not being able to medicate because of they're afraid of the, the consequences, or they're dealing with uh, the consequences of getting caught. So what you're doing is, you know, you obviously know is much bigger than your case and you know when I was fighting my case my hope was that I, I could inspire people to get up and fight themselves because you know as I do we've, we've had these conversations face to face that if we could just get enough people to stand up at once we could crash this system we could you know if we got if we got a, a 10% of all the people that were fighting pot cases today to say, you know what? Screw your deal. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight. I want I want my trial. I want I want my due process. The system would just fall over. 10% more people. And and Oh yeah, know, they wouldn't be able to afford jury trials for everyone. Exactly. And well, not only that, but the prosecutors would have to acknowledge that there's actually serious crimes that they need to address. And if all of the real crimes uh, you went on hold even more, and instead of uh, dealing with a uh, a crime with a victim or multiple victims, you were dealing with somebody who is healing themselves with a plant. Uh, the juries would catch on eventually, and and you know the problem is not enough of them get to the juries, and so when they do, they're you know a flash in the pan. And if you're lucky, you get a jury that gets it. If you're not, you get you know what everybody else has has gotten. So. Um, you know, the the media attention, the public um, messaging, to me is paramount in this because it's this is about educating people. This is about uh, enlightening people. This is this is the antidote to prohibition is the truth, right? So we got to bring it. We got to keep bringing it. That's one of the reasons I do this show is so that people who need a voice. Uh, who who have the ability to reach out to however many people I reach, at least 
you you have access to that and i think i think it's important when i was going through mine i did everybody's radio shows i mean everywhere i could interviewed anybody i could that would listen to me because that story was the same story and it you know i think my case helped affected a lot of people um uh, in my area and the things that 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 were connected to it well yours is different so chris's is different it's got a different group of people that it that it represents a different group of of people that are um persecuted by the by the war on drugs in a in a ridiculously unjust way so yeah. so, um, so in Chandra's case right now it is suspended at this point and her public pretender um he has um set it for a well she was set for a mental evaluation which she had and passed, as you can all tell, that Shauna is not slobbering or she's not. Too well, wait a minute. Let's, let's go back for a second. Why don't let's let's? I know I know you're going to go through your really brief statement, but I I'm I'm here to disrupt that just for a second. Cause okay. I want to I, I want to break this down because people don't realize, and, and I'm only coming to it from a point of view that people don't know what's going on. And uh, one of the weapons that the state can use, and when I say the state, it could be your own public defender. Uh, he's hired by the state too. Um, is they can say you're not fit to stand trial. And I've I actually sat in a mental competency hearing as a witness in a case where they tried to pull that, and it was a similar case in the sense of the defendant was very outspoken and and she was actually representing herself in a it was a a civil matter or a misdemeanor case, but nonetheless, she knew her rights and she was in court standing up and fighting for her and she was eloquent and they were afraid of her. And that was the first thing they did was say, well, we don't think you're mentally competent to uh, stand trial. And so they sent her through a series of these evaluations. So, um, you know, unless you've, heard about it or been through it or been through it with somebody you don't even think that something like that could happen but had they not found shauna competent what would have happened well they haven't found her competent that will have, oh, okay. have, have so a hearing on the 17th that will happen at a hearing on the 17th so the case is suspended at this point so like all of her charges are set aside right the second until the 17th, and then they will have the hearing on her competency. That is when we will have um, the Kansas attorney step in, who has assured me that she is more competent than him. And, <laughs> I have uh, no doubt of that. Uh, yes. So anyway, and not to knock any attorneys, but I mean, Shana's, she's done excellent so far. So I mean, there are times, you know, when I could see where the state or her public defender could have looked at her as, you know, the last time when we were in court, when this was happening, they looked back at her like she wasn't going to make it towards her next court date, and the news didn't even understand what was going on, and I had to explain to them afterwards, they don't think she's going to live to her next court date. That's how sick she was. We were basically basically walking her into court. So we've been pretty strategic on this deal, so while Shauna's brain, you know, while she's all her brain is starving, hopefully, you know, one of, someone on the team can keep it together. And we've all kind of worked. You know, everyone has their own little spot. We've all kind of worked to keep it together. 
And um, so well, Sean is back. Critical Thank goodness. That there's a team. There's, it's, it's, it's absolutely critical that there's a team involved in this. So if I didn't have the team I had, I, I wouldn't have had a chance. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't fighting uh, health issues during the case. I was just, you know, dealing with the, the stress of the case itself. Um, and there's so many things to and deal with. And I fight with. Lyme I mean, disease, so that's – I fight exactly. Lyme disease, so either – it's lucky. So it's we are very lucky that at least one of us is on or someone – someone's light is on somewhere. We're very fortunate well, for that. And that um, if we make a mistake, we're fortunate that, you know, we can be forgiven and we will work on that. And, you know, we everyone makes mistakes. This is an imperfect process. We don't exactly, you know, sometimes like in the Kyler character trial, uh, Justice for Kyler, we made mistakes and we fixed things and did it a different way or if they blocked us, we did something else. And, like, right now, well, and we're having fundraising issues. That's a issues, really so. important experience that we shared out there because, you know, when we were preparing for that, that was one of the things we talked about. You know, it's a it's a dynamic um, situation, and, you know, you can go into it braced for what you think is going to happen. Is that necessarily what's going to happen? Hell no. You know, they're, it's a battle. They're trying to outwit you at the same time you're trying to outwit them. And, you know, you got to go into it prepared with everything that you know, and you got to be willing to, you know, make a change if you need to. If you got to apologize for a second, do that and move on. But you've got to keep your focus on this. I'll never forget picking yeah, yeah. you up at the Wichita Airport, and the first place you wanted to go was stock the courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> we had to keep the place out, though, but you saw how valuable that was, right? We it didn't was. walk into it a was a great learning we tool. Had a plan. And we used it. Exactly. We used it the whole way through. Yep. No matter what, well, we still went, you know, what we, our map was, we had our map, and then we could strategically map out everything we were going to do from there. Well, and that's what, you know, we got to do here as well. Um, and, you know, the the problem is the more spread out, the more sparsely populated area you're in, the harder it is. And, you know, Garden City is, you know, the the small town, small town. So people know each other yeah. already. Uh, they know who Shauna is. The jury, you know, probably at least one or two of the jury members are going to already know this case. So there's already the court of public opinion. They all know this case already. They will all know this case so, already. It's in the newspaper all the time. It makes the front page all the time. Um, so the case like, is um, being hot right now. Me, you know, focus on the jury pool. Right now we're right. in the fundraising stage because these attorneys right. still have to get paid. I mean, even right. if it's pro bono or whatever, they still need their airline tickets. They still need food. They still need lodging. They still have to do this. And the Wichita attorney, you know, he's being paid, but that's minimal compared to right. <laughs> what we've been through. And yeah. we haven't even been to arraignment. So um, basically, um, our fundraising, we, we're not exactly sure where it stands right now. We know we're going to get through this next deal. Uh, we know we're going to get through the competency hearing with flying colors. And then, um, you know, they're scared. And I don't blame them because when you come at that with them with something real, and, you know, they should be scared. It's the well, to be scared. And, two ways and I'm sorry could go down. about their luck. They could end up holding at the last second. And, you know, I don't they've know spent, the judge in the case. They've but spent they over $500,000 of Kansas money yeah. on this case yeah. so far. 
$500,000 of Kansas money have gone to kill another. And that's what they've almost accomplished several times. And that makes me sick. It's... It, it what the thing that, that that troubles me is that the two people fighting the hardest right now in this case are two people that are fighting for their own health at the same time, and this is something that you know we need to correct. We need to get um, a healthy team around you. We need to get you know the the some of the locals um, out some there. Some people are stepping know. up. Good. Some good, people are good. stepping up. Um, we had a call out from um, a member of the Sleepy Truckers from a band here in Wichita. And they do want to do, or, you know, like we're trying to get groups together. And it's, it's I, I, you know, I, we network. So Facebook is always Good. the greatest tool that any activist can use. I mean, yep. we communicate when we, through when there. I was raising money for my trial, I had a number there. of concerts, and it, I want to give a different. call out to Christine Stein. She's right now creating a page where we can make sure that everything's happening for this event and everyone can address every issue in a private nice. group on Facebook. And those things can happen. And like Shauna's note, all those things can happen on Facebook if you study and watch what others do you learn from them. I found you on YouTube. And <laughs> I, I heard through Shauna, uh, Shauna's story through the Human Solution. And okay, you know, Casey, I got Casey calling from federal prison right now. Um, okay, and I and I want to get at least a a, a final parting shot. Can you guys hang I've on for another there. fifteen minutes? You go. Okay. Hello, Craig. Oh, Joe. How are you doing? What's going on out there? Well, as you know, I, I write a lot of legal papers and uh, the grievances against the Bureau of Prisons. Well, earlier today, somebody asked me to write a grievance for him, and I told him I would do it this evening. Oh. But what had happened is I wrote one on Monday for a guy who uh, transferred to the federal prison system from the state prison system. And they had commuted or they had computed his outdate incorrectly. They didn't credit him for some time that should have run concurrent with his state sentence. But I wrote that on Monday, and they came at supper time today and told him to pack all up and all that. They looked at his paperwork, found he was right, and had him call his wife to come and get him. No shit. And that was as a result yeah. of what you did. Yep, and that was a surprise to his wife too. He's coming home four years early. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, I hope I hope that's a good surprise for her. <laughs> but the funner part is the guy that asked me to write the grievance later tonight. He had heard about that, and he's also the guy that serves food tonight. Oh you wow! You should have seen the serving. Of, you should have seen the serving <laughs> of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you probably shorted a, a few of the the neighbors. Of, as a result of your portion, huh? <laughs> so, um, what what happened last week? You 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 didn't uh, didn't call in last week. No, no, we had one of those weird things. They ran us all into the cells and all that. A lot of times they do that based on gossip, and I think they were afraid there was some sort of racial thing going on. Oh, I thought they might have been afraid of my radio show by now. <laughs> no, no, my, 
I think we're both getting used to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till we go fishing and feel like we've known each other for years. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, believe it or not, we have. <laughs> it's been a couple of years now. I think, yes, I think it it's, it's coming up on three years since you and I first started talking. Um, well, you know, it's it's interesting. Today, this is, uh, uh, we're doing a, a pretty jam-packed show, and I've got uh, two defendants and um, that are going through current cases right now. One is, uh, her name's Shauna Banda, and she uh, is a mother in uh, Garden City, Kansas, and she suffers Crohn's disease, and she was medicating herself, and as a result of some BS uh, that came out of school, you know, they're doing their drug uh, education classes, and her son speaks out and says, wait a minute, that's not true. And that lit up this whole uh, fiasco that's turned into uh, criminal, you know, felony criminal charges that she, in Kansas, they don't mess around. And, uh, you know, she's facing a hefty sentence, but she's been very public about her case. Uh, from the beginning, and, um, you know, she's hanging on for by a thread of, you know, her own existence here, but she's fighting for everybody, um, and, you know, we we stand firmly behind her. That's one case, and then we got Chris Lewandowski, the Marine that I have told you about. Um, same thing, he came back from combat, uh, suffering all kinds of ailments and, and, and problems, you know, given a... a medicine chest full of pills, screwed him up to no end, finds out cannabis can help without any of these side effects, decides to grow a couple of plants in Oklahoma, and now he's in the same situation, facing, you know, felony uh, uh, charges that, you know, could hold a real hefty sentence because these states have no recognition of any of this. But what we have, you know, I told you we're building this legal clinic, and I've been networking with, with a bunch of attorneys. Well, there's this attorney out of Florida by the name of Michael Minardi. He's going to also be joining the show a little bit later. Um, but he's successfully argued what they call a medical necessity defense. And what that does is allow somebody who lives in a state that does not have a, a medical, uh, you know, defense of any kind, um, this necessity defense that says if you can bring the right uh, proof to it that says, this medicine works when others didn't, uh, that the court can and, and should accept it as a, as a jury instruction, as a viable defense. So um, this one attorney's taken on both of these cases, at least in part, and uh, represents a, a potential silver bullet. That does sound good. That sounds like a viable defense. And it sounds like both of those people, you're not talking about people that were distributing, you know, large amounts of marijuana, you know, to people all over the place. They really don't sound like any sort of public safety hazard. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, you, you know how, how I feel about it. Even if they were, there's still no victim. If, you know, in my case, I ran a dispensary, and I was helping hundreds and maybe even thousands of people. Well, to me, all I was doing was helping people. There wasn't a victim in this. But these are people that were medicating themselves. They were, you know, Shauna was making her own medicine, and, and Chris was growing his own medicine. And it, it wasn't, you know, there was no business in it. There was no money involved. This was this was self-medication of, of, you know, what should be a, a, a nutraceutical supplement rather than a controlled substance, my God. 
think it's more and more widely accepted nowadays. And it is a mess. I believe there's some uh, international action now to make for essentially an international... This call is from a federal prison. Yeah, some sort of international medical marijuana provision. I mean, it's, worldwide there seems to be a consensus that there is a medicinal value to certain people in certain conditions. Well, we were talking earlier about, you know, the, the nature of prohibition and, you know, the fact that it's just a smear campaign. Um, and the truth of science and the truth of, of, of just the simple truth about this plant, the fact that it, it has no, uh, no victims, it's never hurt anybody. And if, if it had, trust me, they would have shown every light on it. It would be portrayed as a serial killer. But even the opposition can never show a single case of a fatal dose of this plant. And now the, the, the nations where they're actually allowing research, Israel is, is uh, doing tremendous work on, on the science of this plant. And more and more uh, studies are coming out, and they're validating the mechanisms of, of the compounds inside this plant. And it's becoming, you know, recognized as, a medicinal substance rather than just some, uh, you know, rogue killer of men. And I mean, people haven't just adopted it for no reason. It, it obviously works for millions of people. Yeah. Well, for millions of people and for tens of thousands of years, it's been the plant of choice. So, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not like, you know, it's not some new designer drug that just got, uh, created over in China and is being, uh, you know, uh, surreptitiously brought into this co country, you know, for the purpose of destroying our our young generation. I mean, you know, this this goes back through through the centuries. Well, listen, um, what's going on? Have you heard any anything positive as a result of uh, uh, of the campaign we did? I haven't heard anything either way, you know, uh, and, and the problem is that, is that I won't. I mean, everything done within the partner attorney's office and the White House, they keep very, very... This call is from a federal prison. You're not even allowed to access it by, you know, freedom of information or all that because, you know, it's an executive, a presidential function. Right. So... All I, all I have to do is uh, I pray every night, and I hope I, you know, get called to the warden's office. <laughs> well, we still got, uh, we still got about a week left in a bit, and even though the president's saying his goodbye speeches, he still has the power of the pen, and um, he could still, he could still do a big, you know, typically the biggest, the biggest wave of pardons comes in the last weeks of the presidency, so, um, you know, that that. Absolutely, still could happen. Uh, what are you? That's true. As you know, I have that action in court that I'm pretty excited about. Oh shit! What happened? Well, usually, God damn it! Uh, it it just really upsets me every time we get disconnected. Usually, he um, you know, he gets 15 minutes. And there will be mm -hmm. two beeps yeah, that come. Yeah. Well, you know all about it. You get your first beep, and then about a minute or so later, you get a second beep, and then mm -hmm. you get cut off. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't hear the beeps this time. So I don't know if there's an error on that side. Or what happens is is he calls my cell phone. 
so that the okay, federal prison can... Okay, how do we solve can, this right now? Are we still on the show? We're still on the show. Yeah, no. Craig just shot... Craig just dropped off. I can't get him back on. So that was Is that Shana? was the Craig Cecil. Yeah. So here we go, Shauna um, and Stacy. Let's go ahead and uh, bring up your. Um, you know, let's let's tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, what specifically you need um, for help right now? When your next court date is? Where? How people can, um, you know, can find out? Hopefully, we've got your date up on the Human Solution Calendar. If not, I'm sure that can be corrected. Um, here it is, your your parting shot here. Okay, here we go. We are starting a, um, we are doing an event. We are starting it right now. We have local planners and we are gathering local planners, or I guess they're called, this is my first time on that. We're going to have something called Shauna Stock ICT. Nice. So we are going to do a bunch of bands. So like the Sleepy Truck, we're reaching out to a bunch of bands. So Sleepy Truckers reached out to us. And then like 10 Day Wish, we're getting with, you know, people that produce. They can help us along the way. And then a free, we're trying to work on free venue. And um, hopefully that way we can make a whole lump sum and pay off the Kansas attorney, which would be very great. And we need to do that within 30 days of the 13th. So we have to give them 1000 on the 13th. And then we're going to have to pay him off, which would be a total of 6000 by the by 30 days from then. So there that part... donate as well. There's a note on my public page that describes it in detail where there's a link that you can find to uh, the Dr. Robert Melamede's uh, foundation, which is a tax-deductible donation that you can make there. You can also, Lindsay McGance is offering uh, prints. It's a pre-order of a print that she is making a portrait of me. And then there is a link to uh, purchase uh, the book that I wrote in uh, 2010, Live for Your Die. And that's all available on uh, my public page, Shauna Banda's Live for Your Die. And then we Excellent. have the court date on the 17th, but we don't need, we really aren't, um, we don't want anyone to waste money to show up to something that we already know what's going to happen. Okay. So it's the arraignment. Yeah, that's happen, a tough call really... because you need to uh, sort of um, ration the resources that are available. And when it comes to trial time, um, you know, you absolutely want to. Uh, Make sure you got the most people there that you know didn't end up spending all their resources to come to you know hearings that didn't necessarily need need the so support. So we got that so big. We've got that big note out there, and there are ways to donate through that note. And then um, also um, on the 17th, we'll probably do a small press conference, which Shauna will lead, and the major news stations will be there. KSN just did a big article or a Beautiful, beautiful interview last night on KSN, and nice. uh, I want to give a shout out to San Diego Con or San Diego Con for that. And then we will put that to the major producers, like um, the Washington Post and um, New York Times, and we'll start trying to hit major, major media then with that. That that'll so be that's a game changer right there. What I've found is if you could even get. You know, get it out on the AP or or the Reuters wire. It changes everything. All of a sudden, you know, the news agencies all get it. You watch it go from, you know, a thousand or a few thousand views to you know, tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands. 
So, well, just, yeah. um, you know, you guys are always welcome, uh, you know, to join the show. Just give me a heads up. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm here to help any way I can. So um, just let Thank me you know so if anything goes down. And, you know, if, uh, God forbid, it it does end up going all the way to trial, um, you know, we'll we'll do a countdown to the trial and we'll do everything we can to get as many people there as we can. Thank you so much for everything. All right. Well, you know, Always. thank you guys. Thank you guys for uh for being there and um you know, thank you Shauna for standing and fighting. Um so anyways, um I'm going to bring Michael Minardi up real quick before you guys go off. I don't think he realizes this is a radio show. Michael Minardi, I do. you are live on How the you air doing? right now. How's it going? I, 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 I'm getting your text messages, but I'm also running the board of the radio show. So <laughs> I, You're multitasking, uh, I would say. I'm multitasking, so I'm also uh, trying to host the show. So um, I've got Shauna hey, and uh, and Stacy on the line, um, and I I hope I described um, what I did accurately enough. And uh, Chris is supposed to be joining us. Uh, in a little bit as well. So um, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of an update from your point of view? Um, you know, what, what what causes you to take on these cases? You know, you're a, a big wig lawyer from Florida, and um, <laughs> hey, work with me here. <laughs> Anyways, you know, you've got a um, a lot going on. Um, what 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 causes a case like this to to catch your attention and um, you know, to be willing to jump into a, a, a civil rights battle where there's really no glory, there's just a lot of work, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a brutal battle. You know how it is. Well, you know, if by glory, I don't know what you mean by that, if, but if educating some people in the state of Kansas and showing some people and, you know, that this woman is using this for medical reasons – that the fact that we're persecuting anybody for something like this is ludicrous, a waste of state money on law enforcement, court time, and that this woman and us as a human race should have the right, the human solution, you should have the right to be able to take care of your own body and use a medication that's safe and effective for you that, that you see fit. So, you know, that's why I take this on, because if, if anything, who I am as a person is an advocate and a, someone who's fighting for and believes that I, you know, have been put on this earth to help change the laws and the dialogue on cannabis and who uses it, how it's used, and the safety and efficiency of it versus the alleged harm of it. Well, you you sound like a guy who's just making way too much sense for the courtroom. Are they going to explode when you walk in there with all this actual facts and sense? I mean, you know, this is something that spent time in, in courts. You know that they have their own way of doing things. They have their agendas, and they have their good old boys club. Um, you know, this is something that you, you're basically – uh, walking into a, a hostile environment that that has the law technically on their side, and you're going to bring in um, kind of a, a silver bullet. You're going to bring in a law that, uh, or a or a theory that um, can basically override or trump a law uh, that says the substance well, is illegal. You want to. Uh, enlighten well, the listeners a little first bit. First, we're that. not saying it, it trumps a law. You know, it, it's it's a part of the law that 
that exist that people get to use. And an example that I always use is, you know, self-defense. You know, somebody walks into your house and is trying to rob you or hurt you, you can shoot them and kill them. Is murder legal? No, absolutely not. In this situation, in this particular situation and circumstances, is it justified? Is it excused? Absolutely it is. And so that's the type of defense that this kind of is. It's based on the necessity defense, duress, and it has been used in other circumstances, not just you know, medical necessity cases. Medical necessity was just something that was carved out based on these arguments. So, um, you know, and as far as walking I, into I, a courtroom, yeah, it's not during the altercation. I had heard it presented that way before, so I, that's actually very enlightening to me, is that I, I was under the impression that there was sort of a um, – that, that this was sort of like a jury nullification concept where no. it was a it was an inalienable sort of a, a right that that you had but they wouldn't talk about it but i see where i no. see where you're coming from it it's definitely a self-preservation sort of clause and and honestly you know i, I work too hard to think of it as jury nullification because that's usually you give them no reason they're just doing it because they feel it's wrong uh, you know, right. this is, you know, when doctors on the stand for eight hours for a day or two days, and sometimes the other counsel, you know, they'll put on doctor of their own on. So we have two days of doctor testimony and information. You know, we're working, we're putting on information, and we're showing this from a scientific level as to how it works. These doctors come in and they say the receptors it binds to. They educate the jury, and if I do my job well enough, they educate the jury on why cannabis works, how it works. And why it's beneficial. So it's not, you know, anecdotal evidence. It's how this substance works in our body with the receptors and what the receptors of our body throughout our body do. And so that's what this is about. And, and these people get educated on that, not jury nullification. But I got to say, what happens in courtrooms around the state of Florida? And we have many, very many backwoods good old boy networks in Florida. Florida is a diverse state. Part of it's, you know, double Democrat, liberal. The other part of it is very conservative. And so usually it starts with the last, or at least it's getting better now that we have medical here in the state. But when I started this, it would start with a laugh by the court. <laughs> that defense doesn't exist. You can't argue that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do it. And here's the case <laughs> law and here's the Watch precedent it. for it. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'll have you recused if they, you know, don't recognize it. And now I have an appellate decision from the first case I had here in Florida. So I have this and I come armed with knowledge and I come armed with, right. with law and evidence and information to say, okay, this is the defense. This is what it is. Cause the majority of courtrooms that I go to throughout this state, the first time I'm there, they don't know what this is. And they're like, why right. is this guy from Tampa? Or, you know, <laughs> when I was in South Florida here, why, why did they hire him? He was five hours away. You know, right. so that's really how it starts. And then you start to educate them, and the judges question me all the time. And, you know, I do it politely and say, well, this is the precedent. This is what we're basing it on. And, you know, that's our position. And if we're going to have to have pretrial motions on it, we have pretrial motions on it. But, you know, this is where we're at, and this is where we're going. We have to bring in the doctor for a Daubert hearing or some sort of evidentiary hearing. We can do that as well. And we move forward on it. 
And unfortunately, you know, all the cases that I've had have not won. They've appealed and, and, and things have happened. And, you know, so the, you always have the appellate process to try to make law if it doesn't work on the trial level, but hopefully it will work on the trial level. And, you know, it has begun to work at least here on many different cases throughout the trial level. And, you know, hopefully it will in Kansas and Oklahoma coming up. They both have more codified type laws than we did here in Florida. We had a common law necessity defense. So, you know, we have we have some grounds to work on and I'm getting familiar with the law there and we are having um, Mr. Miller is pulling some cases and things like that out of Kansas for me okay. so I can develop this further. We have some of the best doctors in the world, from my perspective, uh, that have education in, about this plant and how it works in our body. And, you know, that's it. And from my perspective, the reason why the state, the reason why the judges don't want a jury to hear this is because they'll lose. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, jury, as as difficult as it is, because I've 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 been convicted by a jury, and I know what it's like to sit in front of a bunch of people that are supposed to be your peers, and 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 very seldom are they actually your peers, but they're people, and I think that the problem in a in a trial court is that the jury never gets to really hear the whole story. They don't get to hear the truth of a case. They get to hear the evidence that the prosecution brings and they get to hear the evidence that the court allows the defense to present. But very seldom does that jury really get to see the picture of what actually happened and really get to understand the truth about the real law that may or may not apply to that. And I think that's why, you know, there's there's so many wrongful uh convictions or, or just bad 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 calls by a jury. But this is something that I think if if a jury can just get wind of it, it's not gonna be a, a you know, a moral judgment. It's if this is the case, um and you can present it, I it's it's almost a no brainer. I mean anybody with a uh you know, with a, a, a reasonable thought process and a soul would would acknowledge that yes, of course. Why why would that not be the case? I agree with you. Uh, you know, and we learned in law school, like, what is evidence? We have evidentiary rules. It's either, you know, what the judge or the attorneys allow it, because a lot of things will sometimes get in if attorney doesn't object. It's not the judge's job to, you know, and then the attorney objects, and then the question is, what, which way does the judge rule on it? So you kind of never know about those right. things, I think, in a courtroom as to what's going to happen, hopefully. You know, you can have alternative options and plans and know what's going on if, if either one happens and you have the ability to, you know, deal with the punches, as they say. And everything that they don't do that you want to do, hopefully that becomes an appellate issue that you can use later to, um, you know, try to overturn or change, you know, the results at the trial level. But it's well, so, you know, um, something that we have well, to do because if we don't fight these unjust laws, they're going to just continue to trample on our rights and continue to, you know, tell us what is and what isn't medicine and fill us with a bunch of poisonous, deadly pharmaceutical drugs because they have a lot more money and they contribute a lot more to their campaigns. Exactly. Well, Michael, you know, you're a you're a trial attorney. Um, and you've sort of uh, you've made a name for yourself, at least in my world, uh, because of championing you know this 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 cause and and going at it from this um, you know uh, out of the box 
method. And uh, but that's not all you do. I mean, you 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 take on regular cases at the same time, right? I mean, that's that's um, one of the well. You know, and I have to give homage to, you know, the people that started this necessity defense. You got the likes of Robert Randall out of D.C. and his wonderful wife who's down here in St. Pete. You got Elvie Musiki who did it and with Norm Ken, great mentor of mine and wonderful attorney. So these people kind of lit the path for me. And I just followed with the precedents that they did before. And luckily enough, you know, today in this age, I have so much more evidence on the medical aspect and so many more doctors and people understanding as to how this works that I've been able to run with it and do so successfully. And I, I am very lucky. It's it's something that, you know, I started. I worked with Norm Kent when I first um, came out of a law school for a while and, you know, it was always something that I wanted to do. I had been looking for a patient for years before I had found one to apply that necessity defense because I had done articles on it in law school. So it's a um, it's an honor to be able to be able to do this and to represent someone in Shauna's position that we know, you know, she doesn't have her medicine. She ends up in the hospital and has had all these surgeries and suffering lately as a result of bad laws in Kansas, unfortunately. And the fact that you know, in Chris's case especially, he decides to withdraw his plea and go forward with trial, and they try to add, they add charges onto it to make his potential <laughs> sentence worse. And, I mean, anybody yeah, who can it, look in the mirror and say, I'm going to convict a person who's done 13 tours of duty right. in war and, you know, is messed up right. and is sick because of fighting for our country, you know, is exactly. just, to me, <laughs> has no heart. No, I, 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 well, I, as you, you know, my opinion about your, um, your role in this. I mean, you know, you're, you're, uh, you might as well be walking around with a cape on, in my opinion, because I work with an, a lot of attorneys, and, um, you know, frankly, uh, I'm, I'm, underwhelmed most of the time, and um, when I see an attorney that steps up and decides to be exceptional um, in this arena especially uh, you have the ability to cause a huge effect to to affect change in a way that's going to have a ripple effect you know when Shauna wins her case um, there's a ripple effect going to happen and when Chris wins his case there's going to be a ripple effect and in Shauna's case it's going to affect a lot of uh, disabled sick people um, who are afraid to do uh, what Shauna did, and it's going to cause uh, a, a change. It's going to absolutely cause a change, and I believe Chris's case is the same. You know, for for veterans that are that are thousands of, of people that are dealing with a similar situation that are afraid to treat themselves because of uh, the possible consequences, or are facing these case, these charges and are likely going to take a plea deal and end up being a felon and uh, possibly having their families, their livelihoods, everything uh, disrupted and destroyed. So you literally well, have the ability to affect a tremendous change in this arena. And uh, you know, I, I there, there's been times when I said to myself, you know, I just turned 50 last year, and I was like, shit, I got to go to law school. We need somebody that can do this, but I don't want to go to law school. I don't want to be the lawyer, <laughs> and uh, we need people like you who do and, and are and are good at it and, and are driven, and, you know, uh, you're you're young in this, in, this, in this business, and you have literally, 
you know, the world at your fingertips. And so you represent a, a, a huge hope to me, the human solution, and all the people that, you know, that care about making these changes. So no pressure. Well, I mean, really. <laughs> no, not at all, because, you know, I, I honestly can tell you I feel I was born for this, and it's always been my dream. So I am living my dream to be able to do this. And, you know, it's just amazing that I have been able to have the success that I have in this industry as something that, but I've been educating myself about it, you know, since for 30, for 20 years. So I'm 42. I've been doing this for 14 years now. My first medical case was about 2007, 2008, and uh, the state dismissed it on that case as well. You know, that was the first one I had. And that's really what, what started me getting these clients. And I can tell you what that does for people in a state, you know, and especially once we got the jury verdict on Jesse Tuplicki's case, it gives people the courage to fight. It gives people exactly. the courage to stand up and say, wow, I'm sick too. You know, I have others across this state. Um, I have veterans with PTSD. I have, you know, a, a gentleman with severe depression. I have, you know, numerous cases across this state as well still, even after overwhelmingly 71% passing, you know, medical cannabis. And all these people would qualify under the law. A poor woman from Michigan who is a patient up there who, who came down and, you know, had a peeping tometer window and called the cops and they saw her pipe and arrested, you know, arrested her for, for a pipe and CBD stuff oil. I, I mean, so, you know, yeah, it, it, I it, just, it's just flabbergasts <laughs> me, honestly, but I will continue to do this until everybody is free. And that's why I run Regulate Florida, which is our campaign in Florida to allow uh, adults 21 plus to use, you know, cannabis and cultivate cannabis, you know, and, and from my perspective, especially talking to the veterans, a lot of them cultivate because it is very much a therapeutic part of the process. And a lot of people do that because of that reason. You know, it, it's just like... Yeah, that's a point plants. that actually I, w I would so, like to do, devote a show to because um, it's, I've often said, I mean, I've cultivated cannabis since 1982 and it's 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 funny because people say oh you know uh, they, they try to say you know marijuana is addictive cannabis is addictive well it's not but growing it is and there's there's a huge uh i call it um uh horticultural therapy uh there's something um special about this plant i mean i i, I have a nursery i grow hundreds of different types of plants but this plant in itself has, has got a, a symbiotic connection with the human being. And uh, just as the mycorrhizae, there's, you know, a mycorrhizae strain for every plant out there to cause it to uptake nutrients, I think cannabis is a plant that was, it's a symbiotic plant with the, with the human race. And uh, I watch people sort of fall in love with their plants, you know, they, 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 they spend way too much time staring at them, and they 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 want to you know give them everything. They, they they develop a relationship with the thing, and it's it's a very um, healing uh, practice. It's a very healing um, activity, and I, I believe that there's a real exchange of energy that happens that's unique to this plant. Well, the fact that you can make your own medicine out of it, you know, and you know, use it for kind of so many different illnesses. I mean, we have two 
I think, you know, or at least we have at least one patient on the line tonight, but, you know, and we're going to have another later, but they're, they're totally separate and different illnesses, you know, like it's, I mean, it's just amazing how this plant works in the human body. Well, you know, the thing that that's amazing, and I, I don't, I don't talk about my role with the medicine very much, but I'm very actively working with uh, with the plant medicine, and I've watched, um, you know, the difference uh, that it can have on people from everything from a topical just to um, alleviating, you know, basic pain, all the way to you know watching tumors shrink, and everything in between. And it, this is a very, you know, it's, it's I'm actually shocked that the medical community has not just turned tail and completely embraced this plant for what it actually is. And because I have watched, I have watched. My question is this, how many cultivations and how many dispensaries do you know that throw lunches and parties for doctor's offices? I know, I know. And I've seen the, I've seen the, the, the drug reps. I mean, you know, they, they send in the, 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 the Barbie dolls to come in and, and wine and dine you. They're like lobbyists. They're, they're, they're you know, uh, it's, I, I, my dad was a, was a surgeon before he passed and I, I, I got to live my life watching this stuff in the politics of medicine. It's, it's, it's uh, very frustrating. Uh, politics you know of medicine. Like this. Yeah. How wrong does that sound? <laughs> it is very wrong and it's, and it's very true. It's, uh, the, 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 it's, 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 it's horrible. Well, um, okay. So, I have, Real we quickly, we do need have, help, and I know Shauna said you know a thousand. I think that that the you know we need at least a thousand to get Kenny on board, so that I can get on board, so that we can really help her. And I really hope that people, you know, whatever it is, just help us out, you know, and allow me to go there. As I said, you know, fees and stuff are not that big of an issue right now with her because of the severity of her case and the magnitude of what we're able to do, hopefully, by helping her. But travel costs definitely need to be done with her and Chris's case. So please, people, help us out. Help them out. You know, I'm donating my time and as much stuff as I can. If I find a, a – I may have a Tony Gonzalez-signed uh, ball that I will also put up for the auction. I just got to find it. I know it's in my – I just moved recently, so it's kind of in my storage area. And I've got to go and check out the storage and get it. But, uh, you know, I'm willing to donate that as well in order for people to support her cause and to, to to help us hopefully educate some people and change the minds in Kansas. And then with Chris, you know, I mean, that man put his life on the line for us. And, you know, people really should get behind one of these patients and help us really move this, this movement into the future in the middle of the country because it's kind of barren out there. Well, it is. And you know what? Um, I, I, I'm watching a, a few people uh, out there making a huge amount of change. And, you know, from the past 10 years since I've been, you know, involved in the, the movement, I've, like I said, been growing pot for a long time, but uh, you started advocating for its freedom uh, you know, about maybe probably 10 years ago. And um, I, I, I watch a few people. Uh, rise up and make a difference, and then they in turn inspire a few more people, and, and that's what needs to happen. And these two cases in particular right now um, just really shine out there as the, the, uh, the, the just really the the classic cases that we need to get behind as a as a community, as a nation, as a world. 
and you know if we can just get it to shine bright enough it'll catch its own flame it'll it'll we just need to get it to that sort of critical mass and right now you know just dealing with these legal fees and dealing with travel expenses and making it possible we got to just get these experts out there we got to get the uh, the legal team in place and, and able to to show up and my god let's let's have a little extra so that we can bring a bunch of supporters out there too um you know it's not going to be that difficult i'm i'm more than glad more than willing to uh uh you know use whatever resources we have with the human solution to help raise funds and to uh, also provide a, a you know a tax-free uh, donation and we were talking about possibly uh, putting an auction site together so that people can donate items and people can bid on those items and get something also in exchange for their donation rather than you know just giving it out so um, we need to make that happen uh, we're actually having a board meeting tomorrow morning and we're going to be discussing that as one of our agenda items so um michael i i appreciate everything you're doing um you know it's it's great to have you as part of the team and uh you know hopefully soon enough we'll be able to hang out and talk about the good old days when people got locked up for pot and live in a world where that's not the case anymore that's that's my goal yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if i'd ever call it the good old days but um well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was a little <laughs> I bit sarcastically. Sarcastic <laughs> <Just a little laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, what I'm doing in Florida as well. So we're also, we just passed Amendment 2. I'm working with a lot of businesses in the state in order to try to set up, change, make sure that we have good implementation in the state so that we have a good market in the state of Florida. Um, everybody can find me at Minardi Law, M-I-N-A-R-D-I-L-A-W.com. And, you know, always get in touch with me, send me emails, Facebook, under the same thing. And we'll all be on Shauna's website and her, um, you know, her Facebook page. Just everybody, the help that we can get and the support really means a lot for these patients and these people, especially in court. You know, it meant a ton to Jesse to have a, a, you know, a courtroom full of people. And it meant a lot to Bridget to have people there just to have support, just to know that, you know, you're not the wrong one. You know, you, they are the wrong ones by doing this to you and making you suffer and making you live a lesser quality of life. They're the bad guys in this situation, not these patients who are using cannabis in order to save their lives. And the court support really helps the patient feel confident in what they're doing because they are risking their lives for this medicine. They are risking this li their lives for this movement and, and incarceration and, you know, um, you know, <laughs> penalties and money and a, a felony conviction and, you know, a lifelong stigma of, of that crime on your record for a lot of people that ruins people's lives and careers. And this isn't something that we should have happen in this country for a plant. And your support of these cases and helping cases and people across the country like this goes a long way to affecting change. And, you know, I'm so glad to have a group like the Human Solution uh, to be able to support people like this and to, you know, continue to educate people and get people involved and this movement across the country. Excellent. Well, thank you for being a part of the solution. Uh, again, Michael Minardi, attorney, um, and uh, he's going to be participating in both uh, Shauna Banda and Chris Lewandowski's case and uh, presenting a medical necessity defense. 
and potentially bringing a game-changing um, uh, element to this. And, uh, you know, we're anticipating victory in both of these cases, and, uh, Michael, it's going to be no small part of that. Well, Michael, thank you so much. Um, I'll probably be talking to you tomorrow uh, sometime after the board meeting, and we'll, uh, we'll go on Please. and uh, figure out this plan a little bit better. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. Take care. Bye. All right, you too. All right, up next, um, we've got Chris Lewandowski has just joined us, and then we're going to be switching gears, and we're going to start talking about uh, uh, legalization and what does that mean. And we have Galen Fisher and Lori Murphy from Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, they're going to be presenting uh, a point of view that is a little different than maybe a lot of people think. They're going to be laying out some uh, uh, some some facts and ideas about uh, what legalization is and what it isn't, um, what it does and what it doesn't do, and uh, what happens along the way and what happens, what can happen um, if we don't do something about it. And, of course, I've got a, another little tirade I want to get into about today and uh, what the significance of today is. Um, so, anyways, we've got Chris Lewandowski. Chris is no stranger to the show, um, uh, Marine veteran, facing felony case in Oklahoma for growing a few plants. Um, we went out to Oklahoma, and uh, Chris was able to uh, rescind his plea deal. And um, we're going to have a little – we actually had a big break in the case recently, and Chris is going to bring us up to speed. Chris, welcome to the show. Good to have you back again. Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Uh... Oh, always, always. Yeah, so I uh, um, understand we had some some sort of a break in the case, and uh, you and I haven't talked in a few days, but uh, why don't you bring us up to speed with what's going on? So, uh, yeah, huge break in the case as far as giving us more time to work on the medical necessity, to work on our criminal defense element, as well as raise more money for our cause to get us to where we need to be. Um, my, uh, hold on one second. Oh, you're good. I apologize. Somebody was walking up to my vehicle right now. I'm sitting in a parking lot. Um, <laughs> you get yeah, a little sketchy after a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. It's kind of late. Uh, hold on a sec. So, no, anyways, I apologize. Uh, so it giving us a lot more time to work on the case. So really like that aspect of it. Um, I will say that the hardest part with it is, uh, my wife and I were very much so looking forward to, closing this and moving forward so having a delay after we were dead set the last time we were in oklahoma they made it very clear to us that we were not going to continue this in any way that it had to push forward I was there. On january, you're absolutely correct january 31st trial date there was no if ands or buts about it so to get a phone yep. call literally four days ago and be told hey by the way uh, looks like we're having pre-trial stuff, March time frame, and looking at an actual jury trial now in May. Uh, wow. So literally in the last four days, I've registered for classes because I was not about to register for classes and then take off for at least a week to go fight a case in Oklahoma. So I did that. And then uh, I have to tell you, I heard you talking uh, just a moment ago before you brought me on about you were going to bring up some of the legalization uh, stuff, and I don't know what element you're about to talk about, but I can <laughs> tell you something that I saw firsthand that was very upsetting. Um, I was at a city council meeting, um, and 
to think that I live in a very much so medical-friendly state. This is not something new. We've had medical cannabis in California for a very long time. It is something that our, our, our voters chose and have continued to choose uh, by stopping people from banning and doing different things. Um, Orange County has managed to continuously push dispensaries out of my area. I live in South Orange County. Um, and I cannot find a dispensary unless I go to possibly the closest to Santa Ana. Um, so down, just down the road at the city council meeting that I was at, not in Santa Ana, uh, I had the uh, mayor pro tem literally just berate me essentially for being a cannabis patient and that I was essentially a bad person and a criminal for utilizing it and potentially getting it within inside the city limits because – they have this complete utter ban on any form of cannabis because it's all completely bad and not potentially helpful to anyone. And it was very disheartening to think that I live in a very much so cannabis-friendly state, but to think that there are still individuals out there that hate this plant and are firm believers in pharmaceuticals and watching their bodies wither away taking a pill. I, I've, I've witnessed this from many, many city councils. I used to spend a lot of time when I had my dispensary in my collective uh, in Garden Grove, um, I spent a lot of time at city council meetings, and there was a, a council member who ultimately became mayor um, who was the same guy, and he was adamantly supportive of pharmaceuticals and adamantly against cannabis. And uh, it, it was – these are these – are, a dying breed of people, but unfortunately this dying breed of people in many cases are sitting in positions and it's, it's just, uh, it is, it's maddening. They are they're, they're, they're And unfortunately in the majority of these areas, a lot of the patients are very self-conscious about talking about it, about letting other people know because of the way it's still treated, even though we're in a friendly area. So to think of that, you then you have a lack of patient support and you then have an overwhelming, you know, again, this relic element of America that still pushes that this is a bad thing because they literally believe everything that's ever been force fed to them. They've, they don't go out and do any personal research. Uh, you don't have to be a patient to understand that cannabis helps. You know, I wasn't a patient when I was finishing my career in the Marine Corps. I didn't use cannabis the entire time I was in the Marine Corps. That was not, it wasn't on my, on my list of to-dos. Uh, they said that I couldn't, and I, I, I was a firm believer of it. It wasn't until the very, very end when they had already found me unfit for duty and said, you are being medically retired. You are gone. We are not going to keep you, that I turned to, you know, after, you know, being put on pills that were literally killing me. So I, I, I know that it works as a patient, and you know, I don't. I don't hold it against people. I just do everything in my power to educate them. Well, and and I don't know if you're catching the central theme, folks, um, but educate is um, it's our biggest weapon. It's the biggest. It's the most important thing we can do because our enemy is all they are doing is misinforming and um, and lying. I mean, they're basically hiding truths and spreading mistruths. So. Um, you know, our our answer is simply the truth. That's that's all we need is the truth. If they could just see it for what it is, 
uh, we would have what we need, which is the public sentiment behind us. Well, listen, Chris, um, I am running short on time. I do want you to join me next week. I, it's, it's apparent that this show is going to spill into next week. Um, but I do want to talk about, very quickly, um, working with Jennifer McGrath and Michael Minardi. And we've got now a, a, a new lease on time, but we've got to get this program moving. We've got to get people to understand what they can do to help. Um, we're going to be talking about some fundraising ideas and this and that. Um, but what we're going to do, and hopefully Jennifer's had a good conversation with you and Whitney, about getting your voice out there. Um, it's going to be very important for people to hear from you what's needed, what people are willing to do to help. Because I have people come in and tell me all the time about, they know about your case, um, but they don't know what to do, and um, they need to hear from you uh, more than anything because it's 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 the heartstrings. It's the it's to look them in the eye and say this is what this is about. This case is about so much more than you. That you know you just like Shauna and and she she was given this uh, ability to you know to, to carry this mantle. Well, you've got the same thing. Uh, we can win a huge victory for veterans all over the country, um, and 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 cause people to have the courage to stand up and do something that's going to be good for them rather than what is causing them harm. And, and we could make a change that could possibly soften the, the position of the government that says, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be going after these folks. Maybe we should be going after somebody else instead. Um, so I, I, I want to sort of just lay the groundwork for this. We just had a, um, an article. One of our Human Solution members, Scott Slavin, uh, wrote an article for High Times, and um, uh, it's, it's out there circulating right now. It's on the High Times website. Um, and talk about oh, I, uh, oh no, no, I was going to say I literally I was just I, I go back and check it every so often on uh, the different sites that it's posted. But on the Instagram site alone, within the last essentially 24 hours of it being on there, maybe a little bit more, we've had over 8,300 likes. So imagine there how many go. people have seen it or now knowing even more about it and seeing it. And the one thing I know you're really short on time, and I'll and I'll, and I'll make this brief, but. The reality is that for veterans across America to not have the option to utilize a VA-provided facility and treat themselves with cannabis is not okay. I am completely willing, and I have made it very clear to the courts, that I am completely willing to accept the VA court program as long as they allow me to utilize cannabis while doing so. And again, that's a ruling that's going to have to come from somewhere outside of Oklahoma. But that's what I'm hoping to address with this. It is not the, that veterans need to just automatically have free reign to do whatever they want with cannabis. No. You know what? But if they're a patient, darn it, they need to be able to have the ability to use it and, and have safe access to it and not be ran through the coals because of it. And if the VA has a problem with it, then they realistically need to study it. They need to get uh, veterans in there that utilize it and see what it is doing, how it is doing, and not persecute them, but actually educate themselves and each other from it. It'd be a beautiful thing. So hopefully we'll get there with this. That is literally what I'm pushing for every single day. Well, that's what we need to do. So um, let's plan on having you come back next week. Um, I've got Jennifer McGrath who just called in, but uh, we're going to need to have her come in next week as well. And I think we can start talking about we'll have a week to put together uh, a strategy. Uh, oh, that'll be you know, beautiful. And we'll I'll and probably support. just sit down with Jennifer next week, and we'll just call in together. Yeah. That way we're, 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 we'll be set on a time. So, yeah, I'll coordinate that with her as well. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, thank getting you again tall. For having and me, Joe. You betcha. Hopefully we'll be able to get a whole lot more people stepping it up. We did get a few donations that came out of the uh, High Times um, uh, article and a few new members of the Human Solution out of it. So uh, hopefully very, we can get very that to exciting. Continue. Yep, yep. And, and we'll, uh, uh, we'll I do want to say thank you. Absolutely. And again, I do want to say thank you to everyone that has donated to my case and to Shauna's case. Realistically, you know, it, it takes getting behind a good case that you know means something and is actually going to help others. And realistically, that's why we need to focus on these. And uh, I'm, I'm loving the support, and I just uh, can't thank everyone enough and looking forward to, to keep pushing forward. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks. All right, up next we're going to have Galen Fisher and Lori Murphy. But first, I want to talk about the significance of today. Um, today is January 11th, 1-11. Well, in 1-11-11, um, I was to be sentenced. And uh, this was the day. And uh, after, uh, at the time, a two-year experience from the time I was raided until uh, the time my trial uh, ultimately, a kangaroo court. Um, I'm not going to get into any details for lack of time here, um, but I was I was convicted by a jury of my peers, and I was to be um, I was to be uh, sentenced. And what that meant for me was I was facing a a 12 year uh, maximum prison sentence, and uh, because of the nature of my case and because of the way I was dealing with it, uh, I was very public and very outspoken, and I was uh, uh, making videos every single day from 30 days before my trial began um, all the way until uh, the day of my sentencing. And I was very candid. Uh, I, I called things for what they were. I named names. I, you know... Um, I had no regrets. I had no, uh, you know, I was righteous, and I and I spoke very publicly about it. And uh, you could actually go back and witness that on my YouTube channel, and all of those videos are still there. So uh, every once in a while, I'll go back and look at one of them, and it takes me right back to that moment of 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 you know the battlefront. Um, but basically, what happened was is as a result of all these videos that I had done. Um, I had uh, the prosecutor ends up making a recommendation for the sentencing report. And, you know, uh, the probation department issues their recommendation, the defense puts in theirs, and then, of course, the prosecution puts in theirs. And the prosecution was particularly uh, personally uh, invested in this case. And uh, the prosecutor actually developed a tick during my trial, and, and she walked into the trial um, without any noticeable uh, issues. And 18 days later, 18 trial days later, uh, she had a visible tick where she twitched her, uh, you know, her one side of her face on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, I got to wonder about that. What caused that? You know, was it your passion or was it doing the wrong thing for too long. Anyways, her recommendation basically said that I was uh, not remorseful and I was defiant, and she cited my videos as one of the sources of that. Um, 
but I was all in on this, and, and between the time I was convicted and the time of my sentencing, I had reached out to all the people that had attended the trial, and that was where, again, I was so thankful for the support um, because there were literally hundreds of people that had witnessed this trial, and I got more than 150 letters um, that we submitted with a motion for a new trial on the grounds of violation of due process. And, um, you know, I walked in, we had an overflowing courtroom, we had people in the hallway, we had, I mean, there was, I don't know, I think there was 150 people that were at the sentencing hearing. And I literally was saying goodbye to everybody as I walked into court, because I was fairly confident that I wasn't going to come out. And I don't know if anybody of you know me, but I'm a very uh, serious lightweight when it comes to uh, cannabis edibles, so... I had somebody give me a substantial uh, brownie or a cookie. I don't even remember what it was. And I had eaten it um, shortly before I walked into the courtroom. I said, well, if they're going to take me to prison, at least I'm going to have one last hurrah going in. And uh, so I'm standing there in court. The courtroom's packed. There's, I don't know, a dozen bailiffs in there. And um, the judge gets up and he makes this statement and he says, um, I've done something that I shouldn't have done and I'm going to have to recuse myself from this case. And it, it's a long story about that, but he had written a letter to a prosecutor uh, basically praising her for doing such a good job, which was totally inappropriate. And But he sent a copy of the letter to the, to the defense attorneys. So he had really left himself a, a parachute because he knew what he did in my trial was reprehensible. He knew that it was going to come out, uh, and and the I was going to win on appeal, but uh, he didn't want it to come to that. So he recused himself literally at my sentencing. So instead of me getting hauled off to prison, I walked out of there. And, of course, I started coming on to the edible right at that time, and I'm literally coming out of court scratching my head going, I'm not quite sure what just happened. Um, well, four years later, um, my case gets dismissed because I won the appeal and I won the motion for a new trial. We overturned a jury verdict. I was unconvicted as a result of the support and the people that were witnessing what happened. And justice was actually served because of the human solution, because of the members, the people that were standing by supporting. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so adamant about court support, because I've seen it work. So today was that day, um, 1-11-2011. Um, that was the day that I was set to go to prison. And I would likely um, still be in prison right now had I been sentenced or I'd be getting close to getting out at halftime. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful for the human solution. And, um, you know, I stand very firmly in my principles of why we're here, what we do, and why we do it. Um, so that being said, um, I'm going to bring up Galen and Lori, and uh, Galen is dealing with um, a probation in, in Nevada where they just passed a recreational law, and they have a medical law in the books for a while. But this is very different from California, and uh, Galen's going to begin to explain this. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to carry the show over to next week, and next week we're going to have Galen and Lori come on first, and as we do when we roll a show over, because i still got to give – Tom, a couple of minutes to do a little uh, update, and we'll see what uh, what happens. So, Galen, Laurie, welcome to the show. I apologize. I promised you an hour, and instead I give you 21 minutes. So, 
what we're going to do is um, we're going to uh, basically lay out a few points, and then we're going to have you open the show next week if you're able to do that, and uh, we'll continue on, continue the story. Yeah, hey, hey, Joe, that sounds good with us. We just wanted to touch base with you guys and uh, just let you guys know what's going on here in Nevada. And before we get started, we just wanted to thank everybody out there uh, for the Human Solution and everybody out there that stands in solidarity in the cannabis community. And um, we we hope everybody during their struggles, whether they're inside uh, the, the federal prison system, state prison system, or they're fighting a case right now, they just remain strong and uh, know that you're not alone. Absolutely, and that's kind of the key to, uh, you know, the success of everything we do is a few people holding the line, staying strong in in, in the toughest times, and uh, the people that are willing to stand uh, stand with them, you know, that's that's kind of the, you know, the key to this whole thing. If enough people can stand up and enough people can stand with those people standing up, we can beat this. We can get justice. We can get... Uh, you know, some some reasonable way of having a world where people can't get locked up for pot anymore. You know, with uh, we're just listening to your your recollection there on your story and your case and the judge recusing himself. And sounds awful eerie considering we went through that same same process and, and watching that judge recuse himself during Galen's sentencing. And you right. know, I've listened to everybody in and out all day long in, in Shauna's case and, and being there with you when you when you got the call and remembering that stuff come in and it's like just keep fighting, just keep fighting. Eventually we'll make some progress. So, you know, we did go recreational here. However, every step forward is progress, but you still have to remember we're federally illegal, no matter where we live. So um, you know, not well, trying to break out the illegal. It's also that um, we we're entering into a new uh, a new regime here, and uh, what appears to be a pretty hostile uh, attorney general, U.S. Attorney mm. General. Um, it, it could be a game changer, you know. And and I've been saying this from the very beginning. You know, everybody who's like, woo woo, we win our we got our our, our legalization, everything's cool. Well. You know, let me tell you what cool is, okay? I, I know I've been to Colorado. I know plenty of people who have been to Colorado. What they have is, you know, $30 grams, $20 grams. Uh, they have very, very expensive uh, cannabis available as their recreational product. Um, what that does is it allows a tourist market. It allows a, 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 a privileged market. It allows people exactly. who have expendable income to go in and buy a twenty dollar joint, to go buy a you know a, a forty dollar dab of wax or whatever it is that they want, because they don't care, they don't have, they don't they don't worry about uh, where their next uh, you know insurance payments coming from or where their where their power bill exactly. is going to be paid for. Um, but but for the rest of us. For the rest of the uh, the regular folks, the working class folks, uh, the disabled folks, the 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 folks that that need this medicine, 
especially the folks that need this medicine. And then what about the folks that that really need this medicine? What about the cancer patients? What about uh, the uh, the epilepsy patients? What about the um, the, the Crohn's patients? What about the patients that need that oil, that need to take uh, a gram a day of oil? Well, what if that gram costs them 40 bucks? How are they going to afford 40 bucks a day for their medicine? Okay? How does that work out? What is that? Four times three, that's $1,200 a month? And, Joe, you know what? And more time, and, often, and oftentimes it doesn't work out. And that's what we're faced up against. And and here in Nevada, here in Nevada, just like in in California, you guys just passed UMA 64, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, and I, I watched as as everyone said, no, this is not what we want, and yet it still was passed. And simultaneously, we watched as vote on two, question number two was passed here in Nevada. And even though I was an advocate for that quite for a vote on two because I know the playing field here and the climate and it's just preposterous to go the other way. I still I, I still with that looked at I looked at the initiative and I read the language in it and I saw that it, it kept first of all let me say that since two thousand Nevada has had legislation in place in our constitution that allowed the use of medical cannabis um, to alleviate the symptoms of chronic or debilitating medical conditions since 2000, the year 2000. However, it wasn't until 2014 that, uh, late 2015 rather, that uh, the dispensary actually opened. Now, in between that time, there was nowhere for a patient to access, to, to have legal access to it. And it was basically a blind, a blind spot. And so now that the dispensary is open, there are 29 or something like that open, and the focus isn't so much on the patient anymore. The focus, because of our location, seems to be on the the the, the, the amount of tourists that deplane from McCarran Airport or who just come through the highway system, and. That's fine and dandy. I'm I'm all for business and I'm all for local economy. However, I'm more for the patients such as myself, my spouse, and the friends and family that I know of who suffer from whatever condition that they suffer from. And instead of going towards a a, a pill or something else that may cause detriment to their health, they choose out of the freedom of being a human and saying, hey, this is how I choose to take care of myself. I don't want a, you know, an injection. I don't want that. I'm, I'm going to take care of myself this way. And if um, there's something wrong with that, then there's something wrong with ultimately, you know, us as a society. And we know that that's, that's true, but we have to find measures or uh, we have to find confidence because when I went to trial you were there and, and, and thank goodness because there was a lot of people who were in my corner but from a far away and they when it came time to say hey listen they say hey man however I can help you I can help you I say well great I'm going to court here soon I need you to write some letters <laughs> to me. well that tells went between their legs and and you know and 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 I'm not and I'm not judging them because you know everybody has careers and things like that and they think of and but it takes courage 
it takes the officer who as I'm walking me to walking me to to try, uh, excuse me to my court appearance and shackles and he asks me why am I here I sound like a, a good guy I said well I'm just here for a plant you know he says well it's legal why are you here I don't understand this that's bull crap well I said well, you know what the day that you speak up and you say that to your colleagues and into the and and behind the you know the the times that you have to speak when you start saying that voicing your opinion things will change but until then I'll continue to be people like me will continue to be cannon fodder for you know the way things are and that, and that isn't right but when maybe someone's son that guy that that officer's son or that judge's daughter or that undercover police officer's mother is in need and they have no other way to obtain that medicine, they're faced with the same dilemma that a lot of people in America are faced with. And what do they do, Joe? What do they do? Well, we don't say that. Well, here's the thing, you know, that's the thing that we want to always put people in in that position and say, what would you do if your mother, your daughter, your loved one, or yourself was in that situation and it was you felt if it was life or death or the the end of suffering uh, in the sense of the moment, and you could do that with a simple plant, a simple substance that was naturally occurring. Not nothing that had to be derived you do, you do from whatever food. it took. That's what you would do. You do whatever it took. And anyone who says anything, do. and anybody who says any different thing is not a human being. They are a, a, a higher creation than I am, and you are. Oh, they, they, they are. They are. That's the other thing. A lot of people, I, I know personally people who refuse to take cannabis, <laughs> even though they know it would help them even if it would just be do, no, do nothing but ease their suffering, because they're afraid. They're afraid of of what could happen to them, and they're more afraid of, of getting picked up in the legal system than they are of dying a painful death. And that should say something to you folks. That, that should say something say to everybody something. who's listening to this. Um, that's what we're up against. Well, Galen, listen, I've got about ten minutes left in the show. I've got to give Tom Corby um, a chance to give his uh, NorCal update. I want to uh, have you come back next week. Um, as anybody who's been listening to the show lately realizes, I'm not doing live shows every week now. I'm only doing a live show if I have some content. And I save it up for a blockbuster show like this. And, you know, here we are. I didn't know that we could, didn't know if we could squeeze it all in, but we didn't. And so no problem. We're going to squeeze it over till next week. We we rolled one show over three weeks in a row. Um at the end of the year because we had so much good content. Uh, we're going to do the same thing here. We're going to keep on going until I run out of content once again, and, um, you know, hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully more and more people stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, i got something to say. Um, Absolutely. I, I can talk endlessly and, and, and forever about anything. I try to make this show not about my monologue, but rather about – an opportunity to give the people that are affected by this today. I went through my battle. I've been there, done that. I'm not doing that anymore. Hopefully I'll never do that again. Now I'm battling for other people with other people. I need their voices, their voices to be able to, to to advocate for themselves 
and uh, to educate the people. Today was a great show. We had Michael Minardi uh, teaching us about uh, this medical necessity and how important it is. You know, to me, having an attorney willing to do what he's doing is golden. And I, I, I wish, you know, hopefully I can see him inspiring others to do the same. Always, everything we do is for a higher purpose. The higher purpose is to affect a real and lasting change in the world. And that only happens if it spreads. If, if one more person gets inspired because I did this show today because of anything either I or somebody else on this show said, then it was worth it. And if that one person turns around and inspires one more person, that's what it's going to take to make the changes necessary to last. We're trying to make this world a better place. Say again? Yes, go burning bunnies. You get it, exactly. <laughs> we got to get that fire burning. We got to get that fire burning to where it starts making its own wind. I stand by my burning bunny theory, and um, I, I, I will continue to throw matches at the bushes until every bunny is burning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will happily be your uh, Kathy Lee to, your, to you, Regis, anytime. So, uh We'll get lots of content, it. and we'll we'll follow up next week and start off where we left off and hand you off Beautiful. to Tom Corby to know. Yep, sounds Beautiful. good. Thank free everybody so until they free everybody. Yes, exactly. All right, well, we got Galen Fisher and Lori Murphy from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada's Burning Buddy chapter, and uh, they will be here to uh, headline our show next week. And now I bring up Tom Corby with the NorCal Report to close the show down. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Hopefully you can hear me today. Can you hear me, Joe? I hear you loud and clear. Good. I have this new iPhone. It's awesome. And I always yeah, want yeah, to love thank. the iPhone. I got one myself. Oh, my God. Oh, that's great. Listen, so I always want to thank you, Joe, and Shona, Mary, uh, Bobby Rodrigo at a coffee party radio show. And when we bring Ooh, out. You just Easter. saved my ass there, Tom. I, I haven't given the coffee party their props today. <laughs> uh-huh. you, Michael usually cracked the whip on me, but uh, I, I, we've been on a good roll. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit at the very end, though, but thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and, and like you brought out before, these are historical shows, folks. And I, I really do think we have the momentum, finally have the momentum to have prohibition. Uh, to deschedule, no schedule, and free all our POWs, and that is happening now. Uh, weathering this storm up here in NorCal, my God, you've been here, Joe. The man caves, uh, eight and a half inches in three days, and the man caves just about washed out. I just let the water run through, right through, and just opened the door and let it run out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Oh, jeez. Did you get stormed down there? Uh, we're getting some beautiful rain. That's it's. Um, we're getting a couple of inches, then it dries out for a day or two. Then we're getting another inch, and it's slowly. Oh, uh, we're not getting washed out. It's been a, a beautiful, beautiful winter. Oh, that's great. We we certainly do need it in California. Uh, uh, when we talk about, when we talk about advocation, uh, more rather than activism. Uh, advocations that we advocate with the defendants and the uh, and the PDs. When Don and I got busted, that's going to be five years on uh, February 29th. We got out of jail after four days being split up. We didn't think we were going to make it. Thank God, our friend Toby Williams, that's part of our collective and our friend, 
came, what did he have? I always say have have a pad and be writing. Had that big white pad. And what did he have? He had a big word. He had discovery. Your police report, by the way, is your first discovery. You want to get that police report and all your discoveries and investigate the case yourself. Uh, I think he probably just saved us. Can you imagine coming home? Everything tore up. Everything, all your medicine, all your money, calls your bank account, and that's what they do. They try to scare you, and they do. That's why we need to come and stand our ground with the Human Solution International and all the organizations and stop the madness and then prohibition, which is our goal and vision always. Uh, on, uh, on the other hand, uh, court support, uh, when we think about uh, even back uh, in 76, that also helped us so much with that case, is having the support. Joe coming up here a couple times for us means so much. I even look back in 1976, and Curry, Nevada, they closed our town down. Uh, I only went. I only spent one day in jail. Uh, fought my case two months. Uh, I actually uh, back then, Joe. I realized I actually had court support. Uh, I had eight witnesses take the stand, saying that Tom Corby does not furnish marijuana. I've asked him for it. We hung the jury in El County, Nevada in 1976, and Joe knows about it. He knows that we got a governor's pardon after 15 years. It helped us with our case here in Butte County, where they busted me for what Donna did. Uh, I, look at my, I look at my calendar, and it's blank compared to last year. Why is that? We're taking them on to trial. That's what we do. Uh, Eric Pierce, we went to a settlement conference last Wednesday, and usually we know that settlement conference doesn't get settled. Can you believe when we talk about these PDs and competency, this PD Marshall, who's avoided me from the beginning, actually told Pierce we're sitting there, which is the owner, uh, Hayes, uh, actually told Pierce he's dumb for not taking a plea deal that would have screwed him. And it's just business to him. Can you believe that? And Pierce is only working on his car. He just happened to be there, kind of like Nick Moran, just a worker on the farm. How many? They happen to be there when they come and bust you, and they pay their dues for that. <sighs> He finally come around, and I told him no plea deals, and we'll recuse him. Well, they don't like that. That doesn't look good on uh, that. They're incompetent. He came around. That's what we do. We redirect him. We are in Butte County, and we're setting huge precedents here. He finally said, talk to my secretary. I really haven't had time. And listen, they don't, folks. It's brought out earlier. They got stacks of cases they don't even know until they get up to what the case is about. And the dog and pony shows the corner inside these courtrooms. He admits, and we ask him always, that he's not cannabis legal savvy. What's that say? 
Well, that's at least he's honest, and that's what we want you to say in the first place instead of trying to send him to jail, which they don't care about you. Follow the money always. His co-defendant, the owner, who really had the deck stacked against him, was sitting there, and he, Pierce said he thinks about taking a plea deal, and I had my pad, and I wrote down there at the bottom, and one of the good things about legalization, even though we know it's more laws and regulations that screw us, we now have these cases that are misdemeanors. I told him, you tell Attorney Malkel, there will be no plea deals unless I get a, a wobbler, demeanor wobbler dismissal. Even after I, if I have to come, if I have to do a little probation, uh, pay a, f- a few fines, they're reasonable. And once I'm done, even like Donna now, I want a dismissal on the end. Joe knows how important that is. Having fought his case two more years, went to jail twice. We were going down there for court support. And Joe was called one day. He said, just dismiss the case. That's what happens when you keep on keeping on. Uh, Shelby uh, Lucero just called me. Uh, she had a uh, hearing tomorrow. She still does. And this is very important for defendants. She called me for this reason to let me know not to come all the way down to Sacramento because it's just going to be another continuance. And most of more, we always say, and Joe says, local court support just to be there is all, always important. We always try to go for all the cases right here uh, in uh, Oroville. Uh, she said, uh, that's a 729th Street in Sacramento tomorrow. If you're there local, go support Shelby. And I want to thank her. She's in a meeting. Uh, she can't call in tonight, but uh, that's important. Uh, what do I see here in my notes? It's so important. I couldn't do this without my pad and me writing. Um, right here, we got Chris Rondowski. I want to thank him for standing strong, being about myself. Uh, when they take our medicine away, they also take our rights vets away. And for standing strong, and I'm so glad he's giving me more time, taking him on to jury trial. And yes, you're right, Chris. Truth and justice does prevail. I want to shout out Michael Minardi. Oh, I'm getting a little emotional here. And I don't just say, don't forget to breathe. Shout out to attorney Michael Minardi and also attorneys like Joseph Tully that are exceptional attorneys, especially when it comes to being trial savvy. I want to thank them. Uh, uh, Eddie left free. Uh, he should be getting out uh, out of this halfway out soon. Uh, he thanked everybody that came to him, all the letters he wrote. Uh, Core links, Joe, was so important to him, and he's looking forward uh, to getting with you and getting on the radio show. Uh, so he's uh, halfway out. When they say these halfway houses can be a nightmare, not this one. They're treating Eddie really good. Hi, did that's it. Well, that's it. Could be left. <laughs> oh, anyway, I won't get into that too deep. Uh, Tracy Gore, Lance Gore, have you heard, Joe? They threw him in the hole. Why? Yeah. Right? 
writes to the holidays. Why? Because they said, sent out she said because he wrote too many Christmas cards. 45 Christmas cards. And I never heard that there was any limit. No, he was only supposed to send five. But why didn't they tell him that before he sent them all? Give him some kind of warning. But that's what they do. They try to break you. But I have this letter. I think it right here. I probably, I guess it's not very long. I think I read it on the last show. Lance is thanking us all out here so much. And that we haven't forgotten them in there, not a forgotten warrior, and he's standing strong, and he will not back down. So thank Lance Gore. Uh, yeah, when we talk about attorney generals, oh, my God, this this, this, this session uh, is kind of scary. We have a petition going now to, to replace Sessions. Uh, let's just hope Trump over Trump's him. Trump did say that he respects state rights. One point, and I think I heard him say I saw a post where he wants all 50 criminalized. But let's see, let's just hope Trump stands behind his word. Uh, okay, I'm winding down now. I see we're going over time. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, <laughs> <always>. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So Hayes. Uh, comes back after I told him right there and he come back and he says I got the deal and I said what about the dismissal on the end he said the attorney Monkelt now we got to check this out Joe attorney Monkelt said I have it right here his words he said now once a defendant completes his probation and pays his fines it's an automatic dismissal I said oh I said so we are gaining momentum and uh, I want to thank everybody on the front lines that are coming to help us because we do need help. We get overloaded. And you know what? It's so nice to have all uh, that's coming, Becca, Mary, all the people, Mike Harris. Oh, I can name all of them coming to take take over for when we first met. We only had two chapters to the Human Solution, Southern North Carolina, over 50 chapters international. And our goal for worldwide again is to end prohibition and free our POW. Uh, join us. That'll be the solution. Okay. And like Donna said, always don't forget to breathe. Thank you, Jill, and all today. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Tom. Always a pleasure. And like you say, we're running about five minutes overtime. So I do want to take uh, this last couple of minutes to thank uh, Mike Harris and Mary Donnelly for screening calls today. And I want to thank Bobby Rodrigo and the Coffee Party for making this show possible. And I want to thank everybody who participated in the show and for all the defendants that are standing up for theirs and everybody else's rights and everybody who has made the decision to be a part of the solution. Um, I want to thank you all for being here and uh, making this show what it is. And we will absolutely see you next week. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.